I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When did you know? When, was there a specific play in Tony's childhood when you realized he was not going to be a professional athlete? Uh, <laughs> you know, in all honesty, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of that because, A, because... He was uh, he was part of me, and and I was not going to be that professional athlete either. So he 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 was doomed from the start, I believe. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, the only gambling show that makes you money, and a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And boys, I say we're the only show that makes you money. Dangles and I didn't really do our part. We hit some bets, but we also missed some bets. All three of us happened to hit our Brinks truck bet, and that's a couple weeks that's running now. We're doing well on that. But, Drew, you spent last week in Vegas. You're the reason we're giving out this show a day late because you just couldn't get enough of Vegas. You had to stay one more night. How did Vegas go? You hit most of the bets. I mean, you went you went 4-1 and one on the Sunday bets. magic. You hit the Thursday. Uh, you hit the Sunday night bet. You were doing great. You were doing great. So tell me, how was your Vegas experience? Are you up money? Are you down money? Do you never want to go back to Vegas? Did you get any sleep? What's going on? Does your wife want to kill you? What's happening? <laughs> uh, that's TBD on that last statement, uh, Mr. Squares. But uh, first of all, I, I, I apologize to everyone. This show's being released a day late because of me. These guys were well enough to postpone a day because uh, the one thing about leaving Vegas on a Monday morning when your plane gets delayed, you miss your connector, and you have to take a train back from Chicago, uh, not ideal. Not yeah. ideal. Up until then, fantastic trip, guys. And it was funny. You know, I was there for work. Unfortunately, I'm not a professional gambler as of yet. But what I hear about all these professional gamblers do is they do all the research, they make their tickets, and then Sunday some of them go play golf or they don't even watch the games. And they, they watch them all and rewind like you do, Tony, and Dangles. And it's just interesting to me. I've never got that concept. I can tell you a fact. I've been to Vegas more times, I, I conservatively probably 40 times in the last 10 years. Now, I've won money a handful of times, but never like substantial money. But usually I'm in the sports book grinding out these bets, yep. you know, living and sweating dying. out bad beats, living and dying. So this, because I was at, because I was there for a work conference, I would literally make my bets at the end of the day, put the tickets in the pocket and really not watch the games uh, until Sunday. And let me tell you, to date, probably the best Vegas trip I've had in many, many years. I was up 12 units and made a lot of the bets uh, that I made on the show, of course. The one, and, and ironically enough, would you believe that the Carolina uh, Thursday night lead that I gave out, the Thursday night lead I gave out because I wasn't on a mobile site, it wasn't, it didn't even allow me wow. to take their team total. So I had to settle on Carolina minus eight, which obviously hit. Oh, yeah. But I'll tell you, boys, the teasers. I, I, I'm really going to start pounding this idea of playing these advantage teasers. I think you guys learned a tough lesson teasing those dogs up to 14. Uh, not teasing bad teams up. I don't think it's the play. I think you tease good teams down. Um, but man, I mean, really, truly, uh, I was, I was, I was on what we call a good old fashioned heater. And obviously whenever you're on a heater guys, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to have a little luck. It doesn't hurt to have a little luck. Yeah. Uh, the dolphins was a big win for me that came down to the freaking wire. Um, and then that Packers, that Packers over that was looking, that was looking in, in just kind of like, you know, they didn't call that, 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 um, uh, personal foul against Devante, the most egregious missed call of the whole season. I thought that might be dead in the water. And, it came through. And I want to say one thing very quickly. I have always been not a fan of Aaron Rodgers personally. I've always, I've always acknowledged his, his greatness as a quarterback, but I thought the dumbest take that anyone could have, and it was recycled around this industry after week one when the Packers got blown out by the Saints. 
Maybe Aaron Rodgers doesn't care. He looks checked out. Let me tell you, I think Tony Squares tweeted out on the West Coast Gamblers Twitter, if you saw that, if you saw that guy react to the Mason Crosby field goal, there is nothing that dude cares more about than football. Yep. What a win by the Packers. Good job, Tony Squares. And thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for making me money. And how about Mason, man? Mason's getting up there in age as well. We have an interview later on in this show with a very special guest to talk about the Tampa Bay-New England matchup, and Brady's obviously the oldest quarterback, but Mason is a very old field goal kicker, and that 51-yarder to win the game, no problem. No problem at all. Speaking of field goal kicks to win the game, before we go to Dangles, Ah! I want to go back to Drew. Your Lions put up a hell of a fight, a hell of a fight. Dan Campbell had those guys really working their asses off against a very good Baltimore team, and they were winning at the end, man, and then Justin Tucker comes in. Uh, History. History Uh was made. 66 yarders to beat you. How do you feel about your Lions? I tell you a 30-second story, so... I actually, again, I'm, I'm trying to kind of maintain a level of uh, work here. When the games got close, I knew there was nothing I could do. It was like, yeah. it, was, it was like, you know, the, 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 the alcoholic has to go to the bar. Like I have to go, I have to go. Like, so I just flow down to the sports book. Um, I'm kind of pacing <laughs> around. And the thing about a sports book is there's only sound on one game. I forget what game it was, yeah. but the lions are on a top, top screen. I can see them, but I'm kind of far away. Cause I'm, tr- I'm trying to maintain a level of in case anyone sees me, Oh, I'm just walking this way, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. so, and so I see the kick. I, I'm very aware of the kick. Now I'd missed all that. I missed the playcock, the playcock issue. Yeah. I missed, I missed all that nonsense. Right. But I see, I see Tucker and it's 66 yards and I see him kind of crow hopping. Did you notice that crow hop he took before he kicked it? He almost had like a crow hop and he kicked he it. Happy and I knew it was online. It. Right, exactly. He, I knew it was online, but I'm thinking to myself, I know this guy's got a hell of a leg, but there's no way. So I see it hit the crossbar. I have no reference point if that thing's went through or, but it seems to me if it's 66, like, like a putt hitting, or like a golf ball hitting a pin, it seems like it would hit the crossbar and bounce back. Bounces up, bounces through. You can't make it up. I mean, you really can't make it up. If that hits, if that ball hits the crossbar like long ways, if the edge of the football hits the crossbar, that doesn't go through. It has to hit it at just the right point in the rotation where it keeps spinning, which it did. I mean, for all for all of that, like it was. You mentioned you have to have a little bit of luck. I know this one wasn't one that went in the favor of your team, but shoot. Never does. All that part is, of the no, plan. Is, yeah, all, yeah, as lucky but as you can get for a plan. guy with a booming but leg like him. The, the 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 thing about that team is they again. I didn't watch much of the first half. They look so dead in the water, and I'm telling you, that team has one a half in each of their three games. They are a fighting bunch of dudes. And who would have thought? And I'll get to this later when we talk about some coaches. Who would have thought the darling of the offseason, Robert Sala, is uh, versus Dan versus versus, versus the, the the knuckle dragger that is presumably Dan. Uh, uh, Campbell, Campbell, there is, you couldn't even pay me to have Salah over Dan right now. You can't even pay me. Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah. I am so happy with him. I'm so happy Lions with that team. have been in every an, game inferior, pretty much. An inferior roster, they compete and they fight yeah. and they play for their coach, guys. Well, I yeah. love this team. You know who doesn't compete and doesn't fight and doesn't play for their coach? The team that they're playing this week, the Chicago Bears. Yeah. I'm Ooh. very interested to see how that matchup comes out. I'm very interested to throw some money on that matchup after... Well, I had the Bears plus 14 in a tease, and let me tell you, that was never close to hitting. But, Dangles, before we get to the Bears and Matt Nagy and all the shit that's going on with that team, your Patriots had a surprising loss as well. I wouldn't say surprising loss well, if New Orleans yeah. could be a good team, but they did not play up to snuff. What's going on with your Patriots? No. Well, and I'll talk about this a little more as we, you know, when we get your your dad on here, noted noted Patriots fan, Anthony Richard Cavallo Sr. But, guys, I, you know, and I, I was kind of complaining about this on Sunday, Tony, to you and or just the air around me generally, whatever creature thing was listening. Um, but this offense is boring. This this playbook is vanilla. It's not creative. And I'm kind of no. disappointed that Josh isn't doing a little bit more because we, we don't really have anybody on our team who can, like, blow you away, who's just far and away better. Like, they're not going, you know, defenses aren't going, oh, we need to know where 84 Kendrick Bourne is at all times. Like they do where they're like, we need to know where 10 is in red when the Chiefs are playing because you just always got, or 87, same thing for Travis Kelsey. Those are guys you always got to know where they are on the field. Patriots don't have anybody like that right now and and I think when you have a team like that you have to get creative with your offense you have to introduce some trickery some gadget plays some some motion some things that teams aren't going to be expecting for some stuff that they didn't watch 
on your because right now they're just playing backyard football. They're walking up to the line. Mac is going through his his reads. He even said in in press conferences uh, this past week that he's checked down, audible down into run plays on pass plays or from pass plays that he's just not confident on, and that he needs to kind of give those plays a chance and be a little bit more confident and not make those audibles at the line. All of us have the Patriots over win total. All of us have a little bit money on Mac Jones rookie of the year right now. Jamar Chase is uh, making yeah, a big run that. for Rookie of the Year, I have to say. But, uh, Drew, your Brinks truck bet hit. All of our Brinks truck bets hit. But yours was against those Kansas City Chiefs and for the L.A. Chargers, who outright won that game with a very interesting couple of play calls down the stretch when it comes to timing on a clock. We have we saw in my Green Bay game what happens when you leave a great quarterback too much time on the clock. It didn't matter to L.A., but it could have. But your bet, the Chargers hit. How are you feeling about this Charger team as Kansas City is now 1-2 and two at the bottom of the AFC West? AFC West is loaded, guys. Now, I think I think we're going to learn a lot more about Vegas and, and Denver as the years, year goes on. You yeah. really can't say either of those teams have played a murderous row no. uh, with a combined 6-0 record that they have right now. But listen, man, I mean, the Chargers, I, I, I'm actually going to – we might talk about this a little more on tomorrow's show uh, – sorry, on Thursday's show um, when uh, potential division futures because I have a couple teams that I'm eyeing on for uh, division titles now that we've played three games. And the Chargers, you know, they, they, they might win that division. I really think if they stay healthy, um, that offense is just going to keep them in games. Yeah. And I think, I, I think that defense is only going to get better. You know what I'm saying? It seems like that defense really hasn't in their stride yet. Um, but, but I got to tell you guys, the Chiefs, I, I mean, until they get taxed correctly, they are a fade for me against the spread. I mean, that team has lost now uh, almost like I think, what, two? They've, they've, they've lost 11 out of 13 games against the spread, their last 13. And that defense is just not that defense good. Defense is bad. The offense um, was they, bad against L.A., though. That's the thing that I, worried me. It's they, the offense yeah, that but, struggled. But the offense, I think, will click. But I, I'm thinking that game script for the – we always talk about game scripts, right? And I really think yeah. the Chiefs, to really separate themselves – are going to have to have their A game on offense, which, again, they have Mahomes, they have Tyreek Hill, they have Kelsey. That's not to say that they can't be on their A game week in, week, in, week out, but I really feel that that team, to get significant margin, their offense is just going to have to be on. And in an NFL season, now in a 17-game season, that's tough to do consistently. Now, Drew, you said something about divisional bets and how you can make future bets midseason. And a bet that we like to take on this show, that we like to sprinkle a little money on, especially I like to play, even though it's devastating to families and blah, 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 I get all that. But hey, we're trying to make money here. I don't care if you get fired. But first coach fired is a bet that's a little bit juicy right now. In fact, if you took three weeks ago Matt Nagy to be the first coach fired at plus 800, good on you because right now he is even money to be the first coach fired after his decrepit showing with Justin Fields on the floor. I mean, I cannot believe what happened, but... <laughs> I asked the two other hosts and myself, like we do the QB list in the offseason, I asked the three of us to come together and make the worst five coaches in the NFL list to see where you might want to put some money down when it comes to first coach fired. Because the rumor out there is if Chicago does not beat Detroit this week, Matt Nagy doesn't see week five. I don't know if that's true, but that's what the rumor is out there. So it's time to place your bets if you got them. So let's see where we're going here. All, five, all three of us made a list, top five coaches, worst five coaches in the league. Number five right now, a little bit surprising list, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. He's 3-0 and right now, Drew. Both of us, me and you, had him at the five spot. What do you have to say about Cliff Kingsbury? Even though Arizona, Kyla Murray, the presumptive favorite and MVP right now, Cliff Kingsbury still is in your top five list, worst coaches out there. Yeah, well, Arizona would have ran away with that game unless Cliff Kingsbury runs out Matt Prater to try a 68-yard field goal he knows he's not going to make with the best return yeah, man. And, the ja and Jacksonville's only really asset on offense to return the classic kick six. Guys, I, I know the Cardinals have, have been a darling, but I'm telling you, we've seen this We've seen this before with the Cardinals. Yeah. And I know this is going to sound like maybe like I, I'm too proud to say I was wrong. I like my position as the Cardinals finishing fourth in the NFC West as of today. I really do because of Cliff Kingsbury. I do not think he can stack up intellectually against those coaches. I don't think I, – I, 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 he doesn't manage the game well. No. Manage the clock well. No. So I am very comfortable putting him on my fifth worst coach in the NFL. Number four on this list, Dangles, you and I have – him on the list drew didn't have him on there at all but i want to go to dangles on why he had joe judge on his list you had joe judge as the second worst coach in all of football yeah. he comes in fourth on our list he's making his veterans run suicides in training camp four of them retire before the season even begins new york giants 
throwing games away against the lowly Falcons. Lowest DVOA offensively in the league right now. That team is really bad. Dangles, why do you have Joe Judge number four? You know, I mean, I just I hate to knock on a former Patriots coach, especially one that helps us win three Super Bowls. But, um, I, I mean, this guy was given the reins to a doomed organization led by, and again, I hate to knock on a fellow Syracuse alum, a general manager who doesn't seem to have any real idea what he's doing. And, like, things aren't getting better. That offensive line isn't getting better. I'm not convinced this is a team that wants to play for Joe Judge. Joe Judge doesn't seem to have a good handle on this team. He doesn't seem to have a good handle on managing the game, managing the clock. I just don't see him as a guy who has a lot of staying power in the NFL at a head coaching position, especially in a media market like New York, where you're expected to win. Number three on this list, the first coach we all had on our list is the future head coach of the USC Trojans, Urban Meyer, but let's get, we've talked enough about Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. I don't want to talk about it anymore. That team stinks. Trading away CJ Henderson, they're dumb. Uh, Number two on this list, uh, Er, Warren Sharp might hate this man more than anybody else in the nation for his unbelievably bad clock management skills. I'm so, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall when Jerry Jones like wakes up in the morning and he sees Mike McCarthy at the office. How quickly does the joy drain out of that old man when he sees he Mike McCarthy? He doesn't. Plot. Jerry went on the no. record this no. week and said, I know what he's capable no. of as a clock Jerry, manager and Jerry maybe Jerry's is a full man. of shit, but he at yes. least, he at, Jerry he is at a least, businessman. I mean, Jerry is a businessman. Mike McCarthy comes in on this list numero dos. Uh, Drew, you had him as the worst coach in the league. I absolutely have him. I, 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 I'm convicted by that and for a couple of reasons. One, Dangles, you're right. Jerry Jones uh, likes his tube socks dressed like Mike McCarthy, and he puts a Mike McCarthy tube sock on his hand and goes like this because this is what Mike McCarthy is to Jerry Jones. He's a little puppet. He's a sock puppet. The guy, the, the, the game has passed him by. He reminds me a lot of Jim Harbaugh uh, for the University of Michigan. Now, I know Michigan's 4 0. We'll, we'll talk Saturday after they play Wisconsin team that's embarrassed in the last two years. But that's besides the point. This guy is relying on just, just world class talent on the offensive side of the ball. And the Cowboys have drafted exceptional. I, I'll give them that. I mean, they, they really have drafted great the last five years. But mark my words, um, the Cowboys will not raise the Lombardi trophy with Mike McCarthy at the helm. That is a Schaefer, the Schaefer, the sharp back of the brink struck bet. As long as he's there, they have a ceiling. That's this when it could be this. Yeah. He's just, he's and and, and there's the, the proofs in the pudding. When you see the Lefeu, like the fewer after he took over that Packers team, with a very similar roster, just with having Aaron freaking Rodgers being creative, uh, scoring points with, again, not exactly game-changing uh, offensive weapons, uh, minus Devontae Adams, of course. I mean, I think McCarthy is a dumpster fire, and yes, no, I, had him comfort- yeah. I had him comfortably ranked the worst coach in the NFL, and I stand by it. I, I'd be, I don't think he gets fired this year, but I do think McCarthy is very much uh, on my short list of first coach fired next year because He's- it's going to wear thin pretty fast. But Dangles, before we have plenty of time to talk about McCarthy, I do want to <laughs> talk about the guy that both Dan Orlovsky and Rex Ryan called out on ESPN National TV, say he should be fired today, rumored to be fired if he doesn't win this week. He came in number one on our list. All of us had him high. Me and Dangles had him number one. But it is a former Coach of the Year winner, Matt Nagy. Uh, I haven't spoken on these coaches' lists because I wanted to go here. You've heard Matt Nagy get ripped apart left and right for his game plan coming up with Justin Fields and how he didn't use Justin Fields' legs and all that stuff. But this is, I will say, not all on Matt Nagy. Because if you watch that game again, that offensive line might be the worst unit in all of sports. And in fact, Jason Peters, who was once a perennial all-pro at the left tackle position, they signed... They signed because they had uh, uh, injuries at that position. They signed him late, forced him out of retirement. And if you watch him play, he is make. There was one play where they do a, a little RPO option, and Jason Peters goes out to get a linebacker on an RPO option, and actually gets in the way of the throw to the safety valve checkdown tight end. And Justin Fields has to hold the ball long because. Jason Peters is three yards down the line in no man's land in the throwing lane to the tight end. And Jason, uh, Justin Fields ends up throwing the ball. It hit off Jason Fields' backside and was an incompletion. 
Jason Peters right now looks like Kevin from The Office, and I have to say that's not an NFL football player. No, he needs only... to retire. He needs to step out of left field because that might be the worst position player in all he's of sports. He's potentially a Hall of Famer, too. Like, end your career now, dude. Like, he's one of the best tackles that's ever been out there, and the only thing he didn't do for Miles Garrett this past week was leave out hors d'oeuvres and champagne. That dude spent fucking all day, <laughs> all day long in the backfield. He was a turnstile, and that whole line, that whole line, this is an offensive line that general manager Ryan Pace, he chose himself. He picked these guys out. And he let, um, what's his name? He wasn't very good. Um, we were wrapping Charles, Charles Leno. Leno. He let him go without really having a backup plan to, to, to get him in place. He brings in Jason Peters, this ancient, you know, probably Hall of Fame bound true. But he looks guy like who, a beach ball. Who clearly can't keep up with the some of the best pass rushing talent. If you're a tackle, you have to be able to stop the speed coming off the edge. It, it was really brutal, and I totally agree with you, Tony, for all of the crap that Matt Nagy has been getting. It doesn't necessarily just fall on him. It does fall, I think, in large part on that offensive line. I think they would be justified to cutting everyone on there. And a little bit of it, I think, does come back to Justin Fields not being ready. You watch back to, the, to that game. There were some throws throw where out. he... I, I think he you got to yeah, throw out everything There were from some that throws where you, you do, and I, I don't want... I The last thing I would want to see is someone who supports him um, and who accurately called his entry into the NFL, someone who is very, who's been very high on him. The last thing I would want to see is a game like that ruining his development because it's the kind of thing that can the good news is they have the the lions next week where he can use that as a confidence builder but there were several throws during that game where he had a clean pocket and he just sailed guys he just over he overthrew him so i think you gotta you gotta distribute the blame a little bit evenly but again you gotta go back to it and it's like well yeah maybe fields would have been ready if matt Nagy had shown that he had any semblance of a developmental plan in place for Justin Fields after what three months you know months after taking him months and months after taking him and he was clearly not ready to be on an NFL football field even when it comes to game planning and game management and how it is in the game that team was struggling so much the whole entire game that when it is 13 to 3 and you end up with a fourth down on the one yard line going into the end zone and you decide to kick a field goal from that one yard line when David Montgomery has been superhuman so far he will fall forward and hopefully get in the end zone and you don't try with your mobile quarterback and your super-powered running back to try and get that one yard to make it a game. 13 to 10 is a hell of a lot different than 13 to 6. Next next series, Kareem Hunt runs all over the place. It's now 20 to 6, and you're never that close to the end zone again. Matt Nagy is an idiot, and I think he's getting fired first, and I think you should take that even-money bet of Matt Nagy first coach fired, but that's just me. But now we go to our next segment because now – I have something I need to get off my chest. It's time to bring the doctor in. It is time for Dr. Dangles, and that is coming up next. West Coast Gamblers. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, now that we've buried the five worst head coaches in the NFL, and be sure to stay tuned. Speaking of burying people, things, teams. We're going to have gravestones later on in the show where we'll we'll each bury yet another NFL team for this week. Uh, And coming up in a little while, we're also going to talk about uh, the Patriots-Buccaneers matchup with a very special guest uh, whose offspring is one of our co-hosts here on, on the podcast. But right now, it's time to get real. It's time to talk about our feelings. It's time to open up and get raw. Yes, indeed, it is time for Dr. Dangles. Now... Uh, I remember uh, after our last session last week that you, Tony Squares, uh, mentioned that you felt like you had gotten kind of the short end of the stick time-wise. And I did some thinking this past week, and you're right. I didn't, I didn't do my due diligence as, a, as, as a, someone of my profession to really help you get through what you're working through. So I want to start with you this week. Um, what, what would you like to discuss? Is there something in particular that has been nagging at you, that has been weighing on your conscience this week? Well, um, I thank you for giving me the time because uh, I did have a bad week. Um, and this, again, is a personal issue, and I thank Pardon you for me, your... I have a hair in my mouth. Well, I thank you for <laughs> your uh, 
professionalism here as I go through this because it is I am opening up here. Um, but a as we know, in weeks past, I am a you know adventurous young lad out there, um, and I like to fool around a little bit. And uh, uh, well, this past week, I um, <clears throat> well, basically, I uh, uh, how do you basically last week I had a spider two Y banana stuck up my um, you know. How it, did you, how it did is. you use protection? Well, uh, yeah, but it clearly wasn't enough because it really got lodged in there and made my whole entire weekend miserable. Um, the Vegas Raiders are minus four uh, going to uh, Miami here. And, um, well, basically they were leading by a million points. And somehow when that two uh, banana got lodged up there, they let the game get away from them. And suddenly they were in overtime winning by a field goal. And as they're celebrating on the sideline, I'm sitting here with empty tickets in my hands going, what the hell just happened? So I'm kind of angry. Uh, I'm definitely agitated, definitely sore. And uh, I, I don't know what I did wrong, you know? Well, um, I, want you to, I want you to really think about it, Tony, because this, this time I don't really, I don't know if I have advice for you. I, I just want you to, can we do a little bit of a mantra here? Um, well, I'd like I'd like some help here. Well, because Dr. I, Dr. But I think this I think this Dr. mantra Tone. is going to help you. Okay, so I just want you to say this with me. I want you to I want you to repeat after me. Okay, okay. it's not my fault. 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 It's not my it's fault. Not your fault. You did not do anything wrong here. I think that was a decent that was a decent bet. That was a decent bet to make. This was a game that had bad omens written all over it. There was a safety on a screen pass that got thrown on like a second in forever. Granted, this was by the Dolphins, but that to in the me end zone. In, in the, the end, end zone. zone. When you kind of have that kind of that kind of ridiculousness in a game, it can't be your fault. It can't be your fault. And the Raiders are such an unpredictable team. The Dolphins are such an unpredictable team. The Dolphins just got blanked 35 to nothing by the, hap the seemingly hapless Bills who couldn't who couldn't figure anything out. And the Raiders have somehow, despite not having a really great roster on paper, have stumbled their way to three straight victories. A couple of them on national television. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And you can't blame yourself for what happened this past week. We all have bad beats. We all make good decisions and have bad outcomes sometimes. And this is a case in which you can't blame yourself. So I just want you to remember that. I want you That's your homework for this week. Your mantra for this week is, is anytime you start to, to think about that, anytime that starts to weigh on you, I just want you to remember our session here. I want you to remember and just say to yourself out loud, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. Thank you, Doctor. It's not your fault. That's great. Schaefer the Sharp, do we uh, do we do you have anything that you wanted to bring up uh, in this session? Um, no, I actually went four and one in Cirque and Westgate, and the only lost uh, bet I lost was Tom Brady uh, in LA. So I'm good. Thank you. Great. great. Well, that's good because that's all the time great. we have for this week on Doctor Dangles. Coming up next, our interview with Anthony Richard Cavallo Sr. We'll talk to him about his uh, tailgating at the Patriots games, being a season ticket holder for the Bucks, and how he feels about watching his favorite football player of all time make his first appearance back in New England after leaving. Next. I hate this segment. <laughs> west, 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 west Coast Gamblers. Ladies and gentlemen, on today's show, it's a very special guest that we have. For this man, well, this man has been has been watching Tom Brady since Tom Brady existed, all the way when he was drafted in the sixth round by the New England Patriots, for he is not only a season ticket Patriot holder, he is also a season ticket holder to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, also known as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We searched far and wide for someone who could really dive into this matchup, the biggest matchup of the early NFL slate, and we found... Well, the perfect guest, in my opinion, and I might be a little biased in that. For our guest today is none other than Anthony Richard Cavallo Sr., a.k.a. Tony Squares Sr., a.k.a. my father. So please, <laughs> sir, welcome to the show. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be Tony on your Senior, show. I, Mr. Squares. I want you to know that we bumped Dan Shaughnessy for you today. So this is a big this is a big deal. Dan said yes. And then I said, well, my co-host's dad is he's he's. 
I, we just got to go with them. So I just I just want you to know what this means. I think that's a good call. <laughs> Anthony Cavallo seems so formal. I, is it okay if I call you just Mr. Squares? Mr. Cavallo, is that okay? You, you can so, call me all of that. You can call me Tony Scene. You can call me whatever you like because it's okay. my pleasure. I, I am I, here at your pleasure. I, I appreciate it. I just want to start out real quick. When did, when did you know? When, was there a specific play in Tony's childhood when you realized he was not going to be a professional athlete? Uh, you know, <laughs> in all honesty, it's like uh, – yeah, yeah, there was a lot of that because a because he was uh, he was part of me and and I was not going to be that professional athlete either. So he 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 was doomed from the start, I believe, because because I I know what I can and can't do, and unfortunately, uh, yeah, he got a little bit of my genes. But no, he's he, he is gifted in so many ways, and 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 just because he can't dunk a basketball doesn't mean he can't represent. Well, no, no, exactly. Right. I, I want to stop you there. You're selling yourself short because you could dunk a basketball when you were in your prime. Whoa. You were a hell of an athlete, a yeah. semi-pro football player yourself. So don't sell yourself short here. That, that, that's right. That's right. I, we, we have good genes. We have good genes. And, and you are everything that I expect you to be and more. Minus the athlete part. But I just want to go. We're talking about how you're the premier New England sports fan and how you know Brady through and through. And I think uh, the proof is right behind you there on the wall. That big framed picture, the biggest one on that wall, mind you, is you shaking the hand of the man who's coming back to Gillette today. Can you go through that experience and maybe tell us how uh, a little Photoshop went into that photo? Yeah, exactly. It was kind of fun. It was a kind of fun experience because, you know, we've been tailgating for years and and we have a pretty large group that tailgates with us. And uh, uh, a few years ago, um, when Tom Brady through his 400th touchdown pass to Danny Amendola, he ran into the stadium, right into the end zone and handed it to a, handed the football to a, just a fan. And that fan happened to be a, a close friend of mine who was part of our tailgate crew. And, you know, he brings the football back and he's all excited. But what took, what took place there after he handed him the football is the Patriots come up to him, a representative and said, listen, here's a football. Can we have the actual football? And he did the right thing, and he exchanged it back and forth. And they took his contact information down. And 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 good thing that the Patriots were being, you know, as as nice as they are. They got his information. They said, "Listen, what we can do for you for being a good fan is we can set up a meet and greet with Tom Brady." And he was all excited. And he said, "Can I take a few of my friends?" And 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 yeah. And me and my wife, we are we were part of that crew, so we uh, had the opportunity to go meet Tom uh, on a quick. Uh, just hello, photo shoot, take a couple of pitches, uh, hear him talk to us. And it was absolutely excellent. It was, it was something that uh, I, I, I helped me understand and really understand this, the character of this young man. It wasn't something that he did because he had to do it. Um, he was a busy guy, just right, come, come right out of a press conference, uh, had to get whisked away to practice. But, you know, they're trying to move things along. The Patriots handle isn't. He just wanted to sit there and shoot the breeze with us and take some pitches. He wasn't in a hurry. He didn't seem like he had a place to go. He sat there and talked with us, asked us about certain things. And uh, this photo behind me uh, happened to get a, a, a couple of nice pitches with him and my wife and, and my friend Dave, who was the, the person who collected the football. Again, it showed me a little bit about his character. It's, he was all about wanting to know about us versus just, hey, let's take a few pitches have a nice day. Thank you for giving us the football back. It made me uh, respect him even a little more than I already did. Now, I see there's, what? A, there's a big gap between the handshake there and that photo, though. I, I know something changed in that photo. Yeah, but my friend, my friend Dave, he's a wonderful person, but um, he happened to be uh, uh, coming from an, another event because uh, on a radio, a radio uh, station uh, local to us, he happened to win a chance to win $12,000 and get counted down. So he is out in Hopkinton, Mass. And one of the things I said to him, please don't screw us, our, you know, screw our opportunity to, to meet with Tom Brady. And he came from this other event, 90 miles an hour, soaking wet because it was outside. He had a, a Faratoga t-shirt. I remember Sarat Saratoga, Faratoga was the, uh, the, yeah. the yeah, and um, he had a, it was soaking wet. He was a drenched rat. And he was in the middle of that photo that you see. Um, and it was, and it was, it was like, you know, when, when, in the Sistine Chapel, when the fingers come together, you just don't have someone in the middle of that. It's, it, it's, <laughs> you know, when when Frazier is, is over Sonny Liston and he's doing that, you just don't have some. There are epic pitches that you just the don't refs have. not in the middle. It's just those two people in the picture. right? <laughs> exactly. So 
So, so there uh, may have been a little Photoshop. There was a little Photoshop. And, and, and if I had the time, I'd show you the before and after, and you would totally understand. It's such an excellent story, uh, Mr. Squares. I just got to correct you to one thing. Regardless of when you met, when this encounter happened, uh, I, it's, you, you understood the character of a now middle-aged man at the age of 44 still running the NFL. But uh, I'm a TB12 fanatic. I'm a big fan of Michigan, so I go back to his college oh, yeah, days. Yeah. Love the guy, love his character, and uh, excited to to talk to you more about this matchup on Sunday. I was just gonna say well, we just we just passed. In fact, I was gonna kind of move the conversation forward because last what, Thursday it was September 23rd was the 20 year anniversary of that game against the Jets, where Mo Lewis yeah. hit Drew Brees. A lot of people forget he came back in and Bledsoe. played a uh, uh, Drew Brees, Drew Bledsoe. I don't yeah, even know Bledsoe, my, own, yeah. my own quarterback, uh, but no, people a lot, a lot of people forget Bledsoe came back and played that next series with a collapsed lung yeah. and like broken yeah. ribs. Brady came in the following series, and yeah. obviously the rest, as they say, is is history. But fast forward now 20 years, and here we are. It's 2021, October 3rd, and Brady comes back to mm-hmm. Gillette for the first time since leaving. Um, he said there were clips that released this week in an interview that he's doing or that he did where he says he knows everything to expect, which as a Patriots fan terrifies me because mm-hmm. um, I know what to expect from him. And if he's going to come in and, and, and gut us like a fish and know already that he's going to gut us like a fish. I don't I don't I don't love how that sets us up for Sunday. But where where is your head at going into this game? Well, a, a million places from a football standpoint, as far as win loss, um, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, no one's going to tell anybody that uh, that there's, there's, there's lack of knowledge um, from Tom Brady to Belichick, Belichick to Tom Brady. In, in, in all honesty, there's so much of a body of work. Everybody on the planet knows um, what what Tom Brady's weaknesses are, what he doesn't like, what he doesn't like to see. And obviously the game against the Rams last last week, we saw a little bit of the stuff that kind of gets to gets gets to you know Brady's attention. Um, however, it's all about having the ability to execute that plan. And I'm not 100% confident that the Patriots can execute with their interior line and the linebackers can execute the kind of game plan that kind of gets to Brady from the middle of the rush, from the middle of the pack, rushing four and, and dropping linebackers into the, the coverage zones. I, I, I'm not sure that we can, this group of, of, of players from the Patriots can really execute that same type of, of game plan that's going to throw Tom Brady a, a little bit for a loop. And I don't think there are going to be any wrinkles that, that he's not seen or and then I don't think uh, Belichick has anything up his sleeve that that no one knows about. The body of work's been 20 years that people have been smarter people than us uh, have been examining what to do against this plan, this this man. And there's been a million teams trying to uh, game plan against Belichick as well. This is this these are two chess masters that are gonna go out and just do their thing. And 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 I don't think anyone on the planet can can try to uh, uh, guess what's what what's going to come. No, I I completely agree with you and I'm thrilled to watch this matchup. I mean, you you've seen every start of Tom Brady played in New England. You've been to Tampa Bay now multiple times to see Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. As he's matured, as he's aged, I mean, he still has all the physical tools, but obviously the mental tools are part no, no one has the same brain as Tom Brady has when dissecting a defense. But he is playing probably the best defensive mind in the NFL with Belichick. As far as the advantage, Brady knowing what Belichick can do on defense, Belichick knowing what Brady's strengths and weaknesses are. Where do you think that advantage lies in the mental part of the game? Uh, if in the mental part of the game, I would I would think it would be on Belichick's edge, uh, only for a couple of reasons. Um, because Belichick really has a, a eleven people that he can orchestrate and try to set up some type of game plan that 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 he can manipulate to try to do whatever he can against Tom. Now, Tom has his team in front of him, but he also requires uh, offensive coordinators. He also requires the right place to be called. And same thing with Belichick. He has to, you know, down and distance, situational football, all those kind of things, doing your job. The issue I have from a mental standpoint is one thing. Again, like I said earlier, execution is the area where I, I, I worry about. Um, if it's like, if again, if it was two guys sitting down playing, playing chess, I might lean towards the more experienced Belichick only because of it's him against Tom Brady, but it's not, it's the, it's, it's the, you know, 22 other guys out there. And, and even if we have a a tremendous game plan, even if Belichick puts things in place, I just don't know if the, the, uh, our our defense is, is really strong enough to, to uh, uh, follow the game plan. And not only that, but execute what needs to get, 
and and then and then show Tom Brady the things that that may confuse him. I think he's going to see through us in some small shape of fashion. That 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 kind of concerns me. I think it would be a mistake for the Patriots to go into this game and think that the name of the game for them is beat Brady. I think the name of the game for them has to be score points. Yeah. It based on what I've seen, based on what I've been watching, because this offense is is boring. It is what you see is what you get. It is mm-hmm. not creative. It's vanilla. They're not running a lot of pre-snap motion. They're not doing creative things in the yeah. offense at all. And it as a fan, it bums me out because I know Josh McDaniels is capable of more, but I would have thought they might have catered the playbook a little bit more when they brought Mac on to Mac's skill set, and they still seem to be running the same kinds of plays that they're running for Cam Newton. We don't have a game breaker blow you away can win a game for you player on our offense. Our, our wide receiver core isn't that the tight ends a bit. I mean, you know, Johnny Smith has been decent, but he's dropping balls. Hunter Henry hasn't really been that involved. The only way you're going to beat teams. If you don't have a Devonte Adams, a Tyreek Hill, some guy who can rip the game open for you. There's no one on the Patriots offense who I'm going, I need to know where that guy is at all times. There's not a single person. Damian Harris is the closest thing to it. And you know what he's going to do. So I, I just, I mean, I think if the Patriots go into this game thinking we need to beat Tom Brady, they've already set themselves up to lose. They need to go into this game and figure out how to score points on a Buccaneers defense that has given up some points over the yeah. last several weeks. They're be- they are, they like, you can score on them. Yep, no, I agree. I think you nailed it. Because, um, you know, this is almost a type of offense where, again, as far as a personnel standpoint, where, uh, Tom Brady has Tom Brady has made a history of making Super Bowl champions out of them. not big names, Absolutely. not big flash players, uh, not 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 great stars. You know, some, some of the stars maybe uh, post uh, you know post highlight career, such as you know uh, uh, Randy Moss. Some of these guys that we brought out of the woodwork. Other than that, we've never really had those you know like Tyreek type players. But that's Tom Brady doing that. Um, right. And nothing exactly. against, you know, nothing against our, our rookie quarterback, who's I think has been fabulous for what, uh, uh, you know, w- what the expectations are. All things That's considered. A, yeah. Yeah. All things considered. That's a heck of a, you know, heck of a lot of uh, uh, um, um, expectations on him to now take these, uh, you know, regular, you know, mundane players, uh, uh, you know, journeyman players and, and go play like, you know, Tom Brady would with them. And that's, that's a tall order in, in my opinion. So yeah, I think you nailed it. That's a, that's a critical part, in my opinion, that I just don't think they can go toe to toe with 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 uh, uh, can't expect to outscore teams that are going to outscore the defense. Mr. Squares, I've spent some time with your son uh, in a recreational <laughs> forum before. He's a very fun guy, very funny man. I want to know what is your game day like for this game? Mm. When do you crack open your first adult beverage? When do you get to the stadium? Great question. Who's your who, who, who's the crew you roll with? Just give me your give me your play by play of Sunday, how it's going to go down. Well, I already started my adult beverage starting, you know, today. No, I'm only kidding. No, uh, we're, we're, we're pretty early because um, uh, we're, I'm a creature of habit. And, and because we got a lot of people coming from different areas, uh, we like to get to the same place, uh, same area the, uh, of the stadium, same same area to tailgate. Uh, so so people know where same to come find them. Spot, same parking same spot. Same folding chairs yeah. in the same order. Like same appetizers on the <laughs> yeah. table. Yeah. Oh, I love same, it. same same everything. It's only worked for six championships over uh, you know the course of twenty years. So yeah. if it ain't broke, yeah, exactly. And now seven. If you really want to count, I've been a season ticket holder for seven. Super Bowl championship team. Sure, technically yeah. that's yeah. true. He's just seen saying. seven banner drops. <laughs> He's just, seen seven of them. Just saying. I, I do want to focus on, because we are a gambling show, we do focus on the numbers here and the spread, and this is a big spread. It's seven points, home underdogs for Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick has only been a home underdog by seven or more points since he had Brady mm-hmm. three times. Twice in Brady's first year with the against Peyton Manning's Colts and the eventual Super Bowl contending Rams. And then again last year when they played the Bills with Cam Newton. That's only three times in his career he's 2-1 against the spread. Brady, on the other hand, with the Patriots, was a home, uh, was a road favorite by a touchdown or more. A lot obviously in that Patriots tenure, and he's still 27-19 and 19 against the spread when he is a road favorite by seven or more. Something's got to give here. Someone has to have a losing record. It's not, I mean, Bill Belichick as a seven-point underdog is, is tough. That's a tough person to try and cover on. Good teams win, great teams cover. How do you see this game going? And if you have a pick, I know it's early in the week, but where would you throw your money on right now? You know, a couple of things. I mean, right out of the gate, the spread, uh, it, it, going to the Pats game last week, uh, against um, New Orleans, we were sitting in the tailgate. We were talking about obviously today uh, this this coming uh, game coming up against the uh, Tampa Bay, and we were arguing about what do you think the spread will be right out of the gate. And and I had a bet with a friend of mine. I said it's going to be uh, seven or less. 
And he said it's going to be seven or more. So we had seven at the push as a push. So we were kind of right, not that far off where our, our Mendoza line, if you will, is it was at seven, either higher or lower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of things, obviously, the way the past weekend, you know, we lost in the Tampa Bay loss. And I'm not sure how much that moves the line too much. But uh, I, I think seven is actually a pretty solid number. Um, I wasn't really surprised to see it at that. Uh, I think you're going to throw out all the statistics, you know, throw out everything, you know, throw out how many times, you know, has Belichick against a past quarterback? Uh, how was he done against yeah. a Garoppolo? How was he done against a, you know, a, a, a past quarterback that he's this seen and work with? This, you got to throw that stuff out because it's, it's something that, you know, you, you have to sit down and, and, and just try to figure out that who is going to execute the game. And what, who is the better football team? If you take Belichick and if you take Brady out of the equation, who has the better football team? Who has the better offense, defense? Who's clicking? Who has better knowledge of the personnel this time of the season? Um, who's worked together, which obviously Tampa Bay has for the most part. We had a couple of guys come back in on defense because they were out due to COVID last year from the Patriots standpoint. I think yeah. you almost have to look at really who's the better football team, throwing those two masters out of the, out of the equation. I think that's the best way to look at it. That being said, obviously, I believe Tampa Bay is is the better football team. I think they're better on both sides of the ball. Um, mm-hmm. I think their their defense really hasn't clicked yet. But those are they, they get so many solid guys. The line the linebackers we don't have any tight ends that are even going to beat the linebackers, let alone beat them and beat the safeties. I know you're going on Sunday, and I know last year you were flying a Tampa Bay flag when they made their playoff run off the front of your house. So I have to ask. What color are you going to be wearing come Sunday? You're going to be wearing a Patriots jersey. You're going to be wearing a Buccaneers jersey. Red, white, and blue. I'll be wearing Patriots jersey. Yeah, absolutely. That's you know. Uh, listen, I love Tom Brady. Uh, I, I you know I, I I love what he's done for us. I love the fact that he wanted to step out and do his own thing. I support him 100. percent Let me explain something. Tom Brady's greatest attribute is okay. What he what he taught me and and I've tried to tell my kids is you know he leads like a man, but he still plays like a boy. And I think you should yeah. do that for the rest of your life. We got, to, we have the our whole life to be men, strong men and strong women, but don't ever be afraid to play like a boy or a girl. And Tom Brady does that. I love him. I love that about him, but I'm a Patriot fan. I can't wait. I can't wait for Sunday. I can't wait to talk to you before and after the game. I can't wait for the pictures sent out. I can't wait for you to hear Tom Brady come out in the cheers. And I doubt there'll be many boos. It's going to be a wonderful experience. Oh, no. I Anybody can't wait for you to booing. see the video package yeah. they put together before he comes out. The thank you, Brady package. It's yeah, going to be they awesome. Need to, they need to recheck their values, anyone but, who's booing Brady. Yeah. But I do want to thank you, Dad, for coming on the show. Anthony Richard Cavallo Sr., Tony Squares yes. Sr., thank you for coming on the show and enjoy yourself on Sunday. My 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 my, my pleasure. By all means, good to see your faces, and, 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 and God bless all of you. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo. For a podcast known to move the needle for investors, Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. All right, boys, as we say goodbye to my dad, thank you again for doing the show. It is time to end the show with everybody's favorite segment, Gravestones. This is where each of the three hosts present a team that is going into the ground by stating they will not be making the playoffs this season. Again, early in the season, it's easy. There's a lot of bad teams out there, but the trick of this game is if one of the hosts says a team, the host following him cannot say that same team this week. Drew, you won King of the Coast. You had the best gambling. You're going to go up first. I get to go second. Dangles, you again are in the caboose going third. In the past, you two have both killed Jacksonville. Drew, you also killed the Jets. Me and Dangles have killed Detroit. I've also killed the Giants. So uh, without any further ado, it's time to enter the church. It's time to open up those doors. It's time to get to your knees. And if you watch Ted Lasso, they just had a funeral on their show. We're not going to be singing any songs in this one, though, because it's time to say goodbye to some of these teams. It is time for Gravestones. 
Well, boys, I know you said there'd be no songs in Gravestone, so I'll honor your request and just say something simple. The jury is out, and they've come to a verdict, and the judge has a ruling. Joe Judge is not the man in the Big Apple to lead the Giants to the promised land this year. Danny Dimes is playing like Danny Pennies, and Saquon Barkley's once powerful ham hocks has been reduced to Pinocchio legs. Mm. Goodbye, G-Men. Mm. Rest in peace. Ron Rivera, Bill Belichick, Bruce Arians, Sean McVay, Kevin Stefanski. Great names have been picked year over year to win the biggest honor in the NFL, the Associated Press Coach of the Year Award. Yet sometimes, the public makes a mistake. And like the 2016 presidential election, in 2018, the public made a mistake by selecting Matt Nagy to be the coach of the year that year. For that man does not deserve to coach my Weymouth Wildcat High School team. And I know that that defense is prominent and dangerous, but I can fully say that the Chicago Bears, under Matt Nagy, with Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, or Justin Fields, are not making the playoffs this calendar year in the NFL. So goodbye, Chicago. I will kiss the bean and flip you off on my way to Green Bay. Rest in peace. Bear down. Well, boys, uh, this week I'm going to be killing the Houston Texans. Mm. It's a sad thing to have to do um, because they're the probably, I would say, the least hateable of all of the really terrible teams. Mm. Such good guys. Um, and and it's it's tough to tough to to hand or tough to really criticize David Cauley that much because he he kind of stepped into a burning building. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be a tough season for Houston Texans fans, but uh, they are not going to make it out of that division, which isn't very good. Somehow mm-hmm. they are somehow they are second in the division right now, but um, it's a long season, and they're not making it out of that division. So I'm sorry, Houston. Sorry, Texans. This year is not yours. You know, it's funny. Jack used to be is actually here with us right now, as he is always in a church at this time of the <laughs> evening. But that is it for this week's gravestones and that is it for this week's show thank you for listening hey there my name is michael laminato and this is pit pass f1 a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport from monaco to miami and australia to azerbaijan pit pass f1 is on the ground and has you covered Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. Mm-hmm.